Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Amon Sharon's Pirate Radio Podcast. On today, on today's episode, we have another great guest, captain of the men's and women's cross country <laughs> track and field teams, Sean there. Sean, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Amon. I appreciate it. It's been a uh, it's been a long time coming. I'm finally glad we could finally link up and get this. Yeah, man, me too. So I wanted to ask you, what was the what made you decide you wanted to start running? So growing up, I was always a big lacrosse player my uh older sister Alyssa, she played for farmingdale high school and then she went on to be an all-american the number one defender in usa oh wow that's crazy she was pretty she's pretty sick and then she ended up going to john hopkins and then which is a huge huge lacrosse school yeah for men and women and then um she graduated in public health and then uh team usa and everything so growing up i was a big lacrosse player trying to uh, follow my sister's footsteps and I did cross country to stay in shape because I was a midi mm-hmm. um, and I did cross country to stay in shape for lacrosse and then that was kind of, that was kind of just it I I fell in love with cross country and running and it was kind of hard to go up lacrosse but winter track I loved too and my coach said you have a real shot of breaking five this spring as a freshman which like doesn't happen often right and then I decided to do spring track and follow my own path and not really follow my sister and kind of set my own legacy it's really important to find your own path yeah you mentioned uh breaking five what was that first time talk about that first time going (laughs) sub five it's such a big moment so the first time I was going sub five I was at a developmental at Kellenberg Okay. Mental Meet. It's a Catholic high school, like just a low key meet for only the Catholic high schools. And Sean Ferguson was running the two mile, and my coach said, "Stick on him for the first mile, and you'll break five. And <clears throat> I stuck on him for fourteen hundred meters, and the last two hundred, I really had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and a little came out on the last two hundred meters. So I literally pooped my pants when I broke five for the first time, and I. uh I did it 4.57. There you go. That was the first nice. time. Wait, so you have to drop out for the because it was a two-mile? Yeah, so like since it's like a low-key meet, I was able to just like drop out a two-mile. Coach talked oh. to the officials before, and they're like, yeah, we're okay with it. So it was unofficial. It was, a, it was like a hand but, time, yeah. but got it As long as you get it done, man, it's, yeah. it's tell, me, tell me about the first time you broke five. So the first time I broke five, it was at uh, St. Anthony's, another like low-key meet. I was in heat two. So indoors? Indoors, yeah. Okay. So there wasn't a lot of pressure, but... Um, it was I was like in the race with like 800 to go and I was like I can kind of take the lead here and I ended up uh, holding the lead for the last half of the race and running uh, 454 actually yeah. you broke it by a lot it I wasn't even it like it wasn't even like yeah. a margin it was and you s- won the race I won the race too nice yeah, that that makes it even sweeter it was my sophomore year so it was kind of late but better late than ever no that's definitely tough like as a sophomore you're really not sure how to really race and for you to take the lead like that that's yeah, that's tough like that's, that's, yeah. that's tough and then tell me about how you started running. So it's actually a funny story. I was in middle school, and uh, I was thinking about doing a sport. I didn't know whether I wanted to like cross country or wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but ended up uh, being late for class. So I started <laughs> like sprinting in the hallway, and then I got like pulled over by um, by this big like burly guy, and he was like, "What are you doing?" Uh, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just late for class." And he's like, "No, I mean, what are you doing this fall? I want you to come out for the cross country team." <laughs> he saw how fast I was going, so that's how I ended up uh, Look at that. going out for middle school cross country. Rest of rest is history. Rest is history. Yeah, it's awesome. So talk about that, uh, like how you fell in love with it. Like, was it right away or was it a gradual thing? Um, I I I really enjoyed it 
um, I was just like always like kind of good at it. So, but I didn't really love it until when I really fell in love with the sport and I really embraced the grind was senior year mm-hmm. with like the relays and Miller Rules games and right, for trying sure. to go to like going to states and all that um, nationals. Like that's when I really fell in love with and that's where I really got the whole team concept of it, which is like, as you know, huge. which is huge part of running is just yeah. the whole team being a family. That's, that's most of it for me. Um, Cause I didn't really have that. It was more individualized for me my first three years, but senior year, that's when I really knew that like, I really wanted to continue this into, into collegiately, um, just for the team aspect and for family aspect. For sure, yeah. Same thing kind of happened to me in my senior year. I always loved the sport, but I didn't really make any progress till my senior year. Like, I had a lot of promise coming into high school. I got moved up in eighth grade. Oh, nice. But my first three years, I felt like I was just like banging my head against the wall. I think I was like still growing into my own body. I only ran like 451, but my senior year I like broke out and ran 437 in wow. a time trial. And then I was like, it was kind of big jump. Went off from there. Yeah. It was like a huge jump. Everyone was like freaking out. Like, what the heck <laughs> happened? Like, what'd you do? But yeah. Did you, you have any uh, breakout performances like that? Or was it just you were always yeah, on top? Um, no, like I really, I was always like a decent runner for my class. Um, I, I had a little breakout as a sophomore. In winter track, I ran in the thousand. I ran a two forty six and a thousand as a sophomore, which is the sophomore school record at the time. Oh wow! And then I won the sophomore league champ. So I was like, that's when I started getting confidence. And then my mile PR going to spring was like a four fifty four or something as a sophomore. Oh wow! And then I ended up running four forty at my first that's yeah crazy. at my first race as a sophomore outdoors at Massapequa, and I lost to um Scott Pulse or whatever. Yeah, the kid yeah. from Rosny runs for John Hopkins now. Okay. He ended up out kicking me at the Mass because I was in the sophomore race. That's when I. That's when I was just like. Then I started running four thirty eight, four thirty six as a sophomore, and then like from there at that like one. It's all you need is that one step and as yeah. a runner, like we break out and then you just have, you can just go from there. Yeah, that confidence boost is so huge. Like huge. wow, I can compete with these guys. Yeah, like huge. I'm in this, for sure. Crazy. So, at what point um, did you want? Did you realize you wanted to run in college? <sighs> I. So, so senior year is when I really started talking seriously to coaches and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I specifically wanted to go D1 because my sister went D1. Right. And she was, and like I said, she was like an All-American, All-State and all that. And we didn't get All-American at Nationals. We like, we choked so badly. So I was like, you know what? The least I can do is match her and go D1. Right. So I was looking at D1 schools, like low D1 schools. So I knew I wasn't good enough for high D1s. Um and that's that's basically what I knew, and I just knew I loved, like I said before, I love the team aspect of it. Um, and then I just wanted to go D1 and just try to do the best I can. Um, didn't really work out for me, but, like, I'm happy now where I am. Yeah, it all, you ended up in the right place, yeah, for and sure. And you with Cortland, like, what, what made you do yeah, that? Yeah, so I knew I wanted to run collegially, but I wasn't really getting recruited heavily because, um, like I said, I didn't really get that fast until my senior year. So I ended up just, like, bringing myself uh, – and like recruiting for myself so I went up to Corlin and like went in the coach's office and told him like my PRs and had like a nice conversation with him about running for like 20 minutes and he ended up saying like you know we'll look at you and we'll see if you can come here and ended up doing that and it didn't end up working out for me uh, at Corlin either but I was happy I like took the opportunity to like advocate for myself and try to put myself in the right position but yeah what uh talk a little bit about being a captain 
for the Delphi team now and what that means to you. Oh man, it's 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 a huge honor um, being a captain, especially for like such a great program like that we are in now. Mm-hmm. I, and just when I was at Sacred Heart, um, that's where that's where I came from originally. For those who listening who don't know, yeah. when I was at Sacred Heart, I didn't have that team aspect that I always had in high school, mm-hmm. and that really like just hit me hard. Um, I wasn't enjoying that. I wasn't having like a good time. It was all individualized. We had like a 149-800 runner and a 404 miler, but they did their own workouts. Like didn't invite yeah, us to their nice. own thing. So everyone else was running slow under the coaches. Right. Plant. So when I came to Adelphi, I got a glimpse of like that team aspect my first year here. Mm-hmm. And then when coach said like I want you to be captain next year I knew right away and St- and me and Steve talked about it all summer that we wanted to implement that family dynamic into this team because that's that's the biggest part of like that's what makes the team so fun um and over the summer like I spent so much summer runs with Steve and we just talked about how we wanted just to make this like like a stronger team than it's ever been before and right. he's seen the team through thick and thin like he's seen he's been here all four he's years. been here for all like he's seen like yeah like he's seen like a little good a lot of bad and like a ton of ugly everything you know? in between yeah. yeah so he really knows what was that and with my experiences at sick of heart i knew like what i wanted to and together we can just kind of perform and be team captains and like you have to know that you have like a ton of guys like look like looking at you, looking you. at your work ethic, yeah. yeah. And like these guys are great. Like like Tom, Joe, like the, like the work ethics these guys have is is unreal. Awesome. As freshmen, yeah. it's crazy what what these guys what these guys are doing as freshmen and the load that they're pulling off. Like even the injured guys, like Ronan, Jason, and all of them. Like I know I'm living out people, but like even they're like working hard. Yeah, everyone's working it's, hard. It's it's a great it's a great team, and like they're they're just a great group of guys that just, they make it easy. To, yeah, like, they make it easy to be a captain for you know. Mm-hmm. For sure, and you know, like when you have a bad day, like everyone, oh. everyone gets it, and like you're still pushing hard because you know that the next guy's pushing just as hard, so you can't let them down. And for sure, how do you feel about the Adelphi? Like team I love aspect? it, man. Like I, I even loved it last year, where when it what when we weren't as close, and just seeing it grow from there makes it so much better. Like I have so much fun coming every day, even though I don't come as much now. It's yeah. like something to look forward to at the end of the week. Like I get to come to practice and hang out with the guys and it's just so much fun we spend so much time together and i just love every second of it uh what what are some of your goals for the outdoor season oh man with goals like it's tough it's tough with goals because i i, I do set goals for myself but this past winter i like rearranged my goals i definitely want to score of course mm-hmm. 15 lows in a 5k would be nice for sure um but maybe even break it we'll see um but going into indoor conferences i was ranked like fifth i think in the 5k right and i did not have a good race i was sick or whatever but it doesn't matter i just sick or not i did not have a good race i'm not performing way, well at yeah. well and i got ninth and i was which like sucks. distraught which for those who don't know eight score so yeah top eight score and i was fifth going and so i should have scored easily like even on a bad day mm-hmm. and i got ninth and that just really killed me and then I had the 3K the next day, and I was, like, 13th going in. Like, I was, like, right. literally ranked 13th, and I, I ended up sneaking and getting 8th. So, after, like, that experience, I've learned that I don't want to set a certain, like, 
top like three or whatever top four top five goal for myself i kind of just want to go in there have fun compete compete and it's I definitely like in de- of course you always want to score um like i had like do set times for myself or whatever but just that whole experience really um like really changed my at like vision of how conferences work and the scoring or whatever because rankings mean nothing Right, they it's don't. it's whoever's having a good day in that day, and whoever that has day, yeah. whoever can dig the deep deeper, you know. Yeah, because you can be ranked first, but everyone's equal and they step on that line. You know, it, start from the same 110%. spot. Hundred and ten percent, and a lot of those guys who run those times, they ran those times on their best day. Like right. that's their PR. Like you all know what they run averagely. Right, like that's see, their PR. Yeah. So that's what you see. So that's what also what I learned going to the three K. Then also For the guys sure. who don't have the times, they can have a very capability of beating you. Right. Tell me, tell me about your goals. What, what do you? Yeah, I wanted to run a four ten outdoor this year. It's a yes. lofty goal. No, it's but, not. Yeah, I definitely do that. Yeah. So I actually running uh, this Saturday at St. Joe's, so it's <sighs> gonna be fun. Yeah. I'm Wait, what time? To. What day? Uh, Saturday. This Saturday. What time? What time? Oh, race? I don't know. Maybe we'll try to go out there and see. That would be sick. Go watch yeah, race, yeah. yeah. Definitely want to go. So I'm looking you. forward to that. But yeah, um, so I know you're a big Mets fan. Oh. We pulled up some of the the odds and stuff. So. Yeah. How do the Mets look? All right, so I think the Mets, I know they have like a 20 to 1 odds to win the World Series, which I think, I think, I don't know about you, I think that's a pretty realistic goal for them 20 to 1. 20 to 1? That's big, not that crazy. Yeah, yeah, big signing. I think it's realistic. Yankees are 6 to 1. 6 to 1? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I don't that know seems about that. Pretty, pretty low odds. Or they, pretty close odds. Yeah, they did. They, they, made, they did make a lot of signings, but I just don't know if that starting pitching is strong enough yet right, that's what for, says. Yeah. for them. They have a lot of injuries already. CC's hurt. Um, I think Jay has a fluke. I think just I think yeah, and CC's oh, last year too. And this is yeah, he's old. They're just a starting pitching. I don't know if they can hold up really. Um, the yeah, Tanaka, but that's, yeah, he's not that Tanaka's great. a good. Um, big, he's like a good second or third. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he's yeah. a really MLB starter. And then they have them projected to win. I think it's like ninety six. Yeah, twenty six games. So yeah. the Vegas line for those you don't know, it's ninety six wins for the Yankees, which you can either vote over or under. Mm-hmm. Which I think ninety six is a I don't know they won a hundred last year so I so I think it's line. I think it's yeah I think it's good but I don't know like some of the over unders like I think Washington is eighty nine which I think is way too high I don't know what yeah. do you think well they just got rid of Harper right they just lost Harper yeah. and then like you know Max Scherzer is not getting younger Strasburg's right, right. not getting younger yeah that's and, that could be high because it's eighty two is five hundred so you got to be or 80, no, 81 is 500. Yeah, 81. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like right there. Yeah. So 89 wins for them, which I think is a little, it, it's a, that's a lofty because they, I don't, they I think they're, the they're barely over 500 last year. Right. And then they exactly. lost Harper this year. So what, what makes everyone think that they're going to repeat, yeah. you know, because they made a couple sure. small signings, I think they did. Like they signed um, Patrick Corbin. Okay. Who's like, He's Nothing like average, crazy. yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's like an average. They oversigned him like way too much money. But mm-hmm. what are um, the Red Sox over? Under? Red Sox over under, I believe, is. <clears throat> and what are they to win? Seven one odds to win the World Series. Okay, that's right there. And then ninety four wins total, which I think they're gonna. I think they'll blow over that. Yeah, I think so too. Honestly, like, if I was a better man, I would definitely vote over on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Houston Astros was like ninety eight wins over. Or like ninety six. They're ninety six. I think that's a fair one too. Like yeah. that's I think these Vegas lines they, they they're all really little, close. They're all close. Like yeah. but I think Nationals is definitely gonna go under. Like if, mm-hmm. 
We should start on like a little bar stool thing, like we should. Like, <laughs> that is exactly a little gambling thing. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. But um, what do you think about the contract that was signed today? Mike Trout Mike for Trout. What was it four thirty? Four thirty for twelve. Four hundred thirty million. So the thing with Mike Trout is, is he has the best WAR of all time in the first like four or five years, whatever he's played. And what does that stand for? for those so WAR is wins above replacement. So it's the amount okay. of wins that player will produce over replacement, which it's a new st- statistic that they use for. Defense hitting like it, it covers it all. It's not just batting errors. It's not just errors. So it's, it's an like, overall player, not just one aspect. Yeah, of the it's game. a whole role play and how they think and how like and just like everything. How their baseball fundamentals are. That's right. what a war basically shows. So people are saying it's overpaid. It's a ton of money, but for for a guy who's already an all time great and has a chance to mm-hmm. be one of the most all time greats, I think it was a good move by the Angels. Right, but. It's the Angels. Like, they don't have a good... They don't have a good surrounding cast. Exactly. Yeah. It's the Angels. And it, I would hate to see Mike Trout to go not win a World Series for 12 years. Yeah, you know? that's tough. Like, I would just not want to see that for someone with his capability and his abilities that he has. And then also, the thing with the Angels, you have to remember, they made a lot of, like, dumb signings. Like, that mm-hmm. didn't work. Not dumb, but like, at the time, like, Albert Poole was signing. Those fan- I remember I was, like, 12 years old. I'm like, this is great. Albert Poole yeah, is going to the Angels. Towards the end of his career. And now he's yeah. like... And now look at him, you know? And then you have, um, do you remember Josh Hamilton? Yeah, of course. He that's had another like big sign they did. In the home run derby. Exactly. He, yeah. That's where he broke out the big um, home run derby. So that was the thing with the Angels. Like for some reason, these long term contracts don't work out for them. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I just, I for Mike Trout's sake and how good a player he is, like he's a great guy. He's dating his high school girlfriend still. Oh really? You know, this guy's yeah, making four hundred twenty cool. million. He can probably get any girl he wants on the planet, and he's still dating his high school. high school sweetheart. Still dating high school sweetheart. He's a local boy from Jersey, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, something yeah. Like that. So, I I hope the best for him. I think it's a good signing, good for him, good for the Angels, good for their fan base. Um, I I, I like I said, they're AL West. They're completely other side, completely different league. So I can't like. Mm-hmm. But I, I hope it works out for him, and I think it's a good signing for the Angels. Yeah, there you go. So I'll leave you with one final question. What is your prediction for the Mets wins this year? Oh, Mets wins this year. So they made they made some good signings, but everyone they signed is like basically over the age of 30. Right, Cano so is really old. Cano, the trade. They got Edwin Diaz, who's an absolute animal closer. Mm-hmm. Um, he killed it for Seattle last year. ton of saves. Right. And then they made the Wilson Ramos signing. He's 31, 32 years old. He's aging, not getting any younger. The Jed Larry signing, who's already hurt. Right. He's yeah. already hurt in spring training. Yeah, yeah, it's such a Mets thing. But they, but then you also think of that starting rotation. You got Jacob yeah. DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard, Zach Lure. Like, what? Yeah, what? you got crazy starters. What are we talking about here? Yeah. All three of those guys on the same team, those guys are filthy, you know? Right. So between them and that stronger built-in, they brought back Familia. They have Lugo and Gazelle back mm-hmm. there. I think, I really think, I'm, I think there can be a high 80s, low 90s team. All right. I think 94, 95 is a reach for them. But I, I could, I, I would, I would put them at like 88, 89 88. wins. You heard it here, guys. So. Mets finish 88, 89 wins. We're going to come back to this podcast and replay it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely want to have you back on. And thanks for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate it, Amon. Appreciate that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure.